Hello, my Pilates lovers. Welcome to All Things Pilates with Darian Gold. This podcast gives me an opportunity to interview different people in the Pilates community and share these conversations with you. In today's interview with Kevin Bowen, the co-founder of the Pilates Method Alliance, or the PMA, he developed a project called the Pilates Initiative. And the entire premise is to make Pilates available and accessible to everyone. I think Mr. Pilates would be quite happy with Kevin and what he's doing. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen in to this interview. It's common knowledge that learning Pilates can be an expensive hobby or passion which is why the Pilates mat class business model has worked so well for fitness clubs, dance studios, and health centers, to name a few. But what would Mr. Pilates say if he knew his life's work, including all of the apparatus he invented to help strengthen every body, was not available to all? My guest today, Kevin Bowen, is trying to shift the paradigm by providing a platform of outreach, support, and education for those in our communities who are most in need. He founded the Pilates Initiative in 2017, and this nonprofit organization's mission is in part to make Pilates accessible to everyone. The Pilates Initiative also offers an annual Pilates Instructor Scholarship Program with an application process for any individual wishing to attend a comprehensive Pilates instructor training program, but doesn't have the financial resources to go through and complete the program. Additionally, the initiative helps to educate and inform the general public about the many positive health benefits derived from the safe and effective practice and instruction of the Pilates method. Kevin has been involved in the health, fitness, and Pilates professions since 1988 and is regarded both in the United States and internationally as an advocate and authority for the Pilates industry. He also writes a blog called The Prime Male, with his audience being men 40 years and over who are interested in reaching and maintaining their fitness levels, general health, and wellness. In 2018, the National Institute of Health conducted a study to determine alternate therapies for patients in pain, which included Pilates and yoga as viable alternatives. Kevin heard about this study and offered to create a three-month pilot program to be administered at St. Vincent's Hospital within their pain management department. He's currently developing his program for the patients who do not want to use meds to manage their pain. Calling in from Santa Fe, New Mexico, to discuss the many ways he is helping to spread the power of Pilates is Kevin Bowen. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Darian. How are you? I am well. Welcome to All Things Pilates. Thank you for having me, and thank you for uh, quite a lovely introduction. I appreciate that. You are very welcome. Kevin, how did you first get involved with Pilates? Uh, That goes back uh, a number of years when I was working in San Francisco. 
and I was managing for a health club, a small health club chain called the Pinnacle Club. We were trying to be competitive within our group exercise department, which is what I was running at that time. And we added, I added Pilates to our program. And doing so, um, I started to watch the classes and became quite intrigued. And I approached the instructor who was working for me at the time, Stella Lorvon, if she could train me to become an instructor because I was so interested in she politely smiled and told me no, that um, she was not involved with teacher training, but she sent me to Madeline Black um, oh. at her business in San Francisco in the Dolores Park area called A Body of Work. And you fell in love. Well, I don't know. You didn't... I will. I mean, yeah. <laughs> with Madeline and the work. <laughs> I, I, yes. And I went to Madeline and she was polite with me because I was kind of a. Um, I was much younger at the time, obviously, and very interested in the fitness that I was teaching in the, in the group exercise classes and all of the hardcore style of fitness, step classes, aerobics, etc. And, you know, she was trying to explain to me the Pilates involved a lot more. But for me, I realized that pretty quickly because within the first six weeks, I saw the biggest differences in my body and how I felt that I had ever seen with anything I'd done in all the years I had been involved in fitness, so I was sold. Does that mean you went right back to the fitness club where you were you were running and teaching, and you started teaching the math classes? Ha! No, <laughs> I had to do a little bit of training. You know, I do instructor training now, so I empathize with my students who tell me that you know they're they're personal trainers or whatever they got were or are, and group exercise people, which is what I was doing at the time. So I was juggling being an instructor in health clubs and so forth in San Francisco and teaching very high-energy aerobics and step classes while trying to integrate the Pilates method and the principles into my own body. And I will tell you, it was quite challenging for me to do. In a way, you had to slow down. I did. In a number of ways, I had to also eat some humble pie because I realized that I didn't know much of anything. And I kind of laughed about that. And years later, uh, when I met Ron Fletcher, he had a saying, which I loved very much. And he said, someday they're going to realize that I don't know nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I felt like at the time. I realized myself, I thought, wow, I really didn't know as much as I should have known to be an informed and educated fitness and movement teacher. And then how did you go from being a fitness and movement teacher, studio owner, to then the owner of Core Dynamics? Wow. Well, that was... (laughs) That's a a show right there. Right. That's a, that's a long one. But I took over Core Dynamics in 2015, but I became a Pilates instructor and still was involved in fitness world. And I needed to finish my education. And through a series of moves, I ended up in New York City working for David Barton Gym and really wanting to finish my Pilates instructor training course. And I ended up on the doorstep, or I should say loft step of Deborah Lesson's studio, Green Street Studio. 
because she also worked with the Physical Mind Institute many years ago, which was the Institute for the Pilates Method that Madeline was affiliated with when I first started training with her. And I ended up there. And through that course of time, I finished my training with Deborah. And long story short, I ended up um, starting the Pilates Method Alliance. And over a course of time, um, when I moved to Miami, I opened a studio and needed to get people affiliated within the studio to become Pilates instructors. And there was no course in Miami way back then. So I ended up working with Michelle Larson and Core Dynamics and having her come to Miami and start teacher training. And then there's a long... Well, wait a second, wait a second. What years are we talking about when you went to Miami? So when I first went to Miami, I moved from San Francisco to Miami. That was 1995. I ended up taking a position working with David Barton and managing a gym and still teaching Pilates. And inadvertently got very involved in what was going on at the community at that time because that was when the whole lawsuit started. And because my MAC class was written up in the Miami Herald, I was sent a cease and desist letter to stop using the word Pilates to describe what it was that I was doing. I continued to work in Miami and moved to New York City to work for David because I took a position in Miami working for him, David Barton. And I ended up in New York City in 1996, and that's where I got into Deborah's studio. And then continue to get more involved in what was going on with the trademark and the lawsuit because Deborah was quite involved. And Deborah, um, Deborah's teacher was Carola Trier? Deborah was correct. Deborah was trained by Carola Trier. She's one of the more well-known protégés of Corolla, and there were some others before her, like a woman named Brenda Anderson, and there was also Julian Hessel, and there's Fran Leon. Fran Leon was a Pilates teacher who had had a studio and trained with Corolla in New York and opened one. Oh, she'd been around for years. It's still a studio. It's been taken over by someone else, but Corolla ended up closing her studio, and Deborah and Julian and the others moved on. But yes, the training lineage that Deborah was involved with and was was Corolla, Corolla's training. It's so interesting because you were exposed to first Corolla through Deborah Lessing, but then through mm-hmm. Michelle Larson, you you had the opportunity to learn about Eve Gentry, who I understand lived in the same town as you, though you didn't get the opportunity to meet her when she was alive, correct? Right. When I lived in Santa Fe, I've lived in Santa Fe twice. So right now I've been here about three and a half years. And I lived in Santa Fe during the late 80s. And that's when I was teaching aerobics. And I had an aerobics studio here. And Michelle, along with several other dancers, used to use my aerobics studio for dance rehearsals. And that's where I first met Michelle. And she was working at that time with Joan Breibart and the Institute for the Pilates Method, along with Eve Gentry. And Michelle brought me the first newsletter for the Institute. Um, Probably this was 1990 or 91. And uh, I was so involved with aerobics. I looked at the newsletter. I thought it was interesting, but I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready at that time. And then through an odd course of events, 
when I finished my training with Deborah in New York City, she told us, all of the trainees, that she was bringing Michelle Larson in to test us. And I thought the name sounded familiar. And when she walked in the door, we looked at each other and we went, we know each other. Mm -hmm. So it, it, uh, yeah, it was very interesting, very interesting. I'd like to ask you about the Pilates Initiative, because this is, this is sort of your baby, right? Yes. Yes. Tell us about your baby. <laughs> well, my baby's only a couple of years old now, um, but I started the Pilates Initiative because I really felt strongly that there needed to be more outreach from the Pilates community into the bigger community of folks who need to exercise and maybe those who couldn't afford to come to a studio and pay the high prices that, you know, we charge because they're private sessions or small group sessions. We have a whole um, group of folks out there across the United States and around the world who can't afford to, you know, move, even go into a Pilates studio and pay for a mat class. And I thought it would be great to start something where we can support Pilates teachers to help go out and spread the work of Mr. Pilates to those who can't afford it, either through a community mat class maybe offered in their studio or in a recreational center where they're, they're donation-based or free if someone can't afford, or perhaps working with a city or state agency that is trying to offer movement classes to people who just simply don't have the means or the funding to go out and take advantage of the many positive attributes and effects of the Pilates method. Since 2017, you, you're basically two-plus years in. What mm-hmm. kind of feedback have you received? People are into giving back. But it's hard for the initial commitment um, from instructors and sometimes from studio owners. And we have, a, a, you know, a small group of people who are really trying to figure out how this is going to work out. And we've got some programs that have been started. We have something that, was, that goes on every summer in Bryant Park in New York City. And then there are uh, the Pilates Place in South Beach offers a free mat class on Lincoln Road, which is a pretty popular destination on Miami Beach. And we've got something starting up in Buffalo, New York, and we've got a member who's working with folks who are caregivers. And then I think you mentioned in my introduction about a program that we're starting here with um, St. Vincent's Hospital and through their pain management department. How do you decide which studios will participate in giving scholarships? Do teachers reach out to you or do you get on the phone? A little of both. You know, we have a small group of people that are members of our organization, and those of us on the board have all offered, are now offering for 2020 a scholarship for someone who wants to become an instructor who cannot afford to become an instructor. So we ask our members if they're involved, if they've joined and they have an instructor training program, are they capable of offering one scholarship course per year? 
Uh, we are hoping they would comp everything, including the manuals and the books and et cetera. But if they don't do that, and we try to find ways for um, the students to pay for the books, you know, because there's a lot of materials that some programs require. And we do have a simple contract that we've drawn up so that the student knows that just because this is free, that it's a commitment and something that they must participate in and meet all the requirements of the program as well as sitting for the tests, et cetera, for them to pass and uh, finish the program. So, you know, we're just trying to get the word out. You know, we're starting small. We have four programs now that will be offered this year, and we're hoping to double or triple that hopefully by the end of the year so that we can really set this up and service and reach out to the entire community of folks living in the United States right now that may want to take part in Pilates and just simply cannot afford to do so. Each studio offers just one complimentary scholarship? One complimentary scholarship, but there are some studios that are offering classes. Either way that our members want to participate, we're trying to encourage them to participate. I saw for years that the yoga community has been offering community classes for people who can't afford to come uh, and pay for regular classes uh, across the board. And there are hundreds and hundreds of these classes on a weekly basis. So we're hoping to stimulate the Pilates community to do the same thing. I love it. That's what, yeah, I think it's, I think it's important. And I think when you give back, you end up getting back so much more and really making a difference. And that's what's really important. You have a website that's mm-hmm. the Pilates Initiative dot org. Yes, www.thepilatesinitiative.org. And people can learn more about how to get involved. Yeah, people can learn more about how to get involved. And right now, you know, we're small. I certainly will either email or communicate with people by telephone to talk to them and get them motivated, as will um, our board members. And we're just trying to kind of build a grassroots swell of involvement Like I said, maybe someday we can say you can go to our website and find, you know, 100, 150 classes across the country on a weekly basis that are offered. And as we can develop in size and start to take what we're doing, the good work, and write grants to get some foundation funding or government funding, state, county, local funding, make these classes a reality, that's what we're looking to do because we're very altruistic about making this happen, but we also have to, you know, gather funds to help pay and administrate these programs. And, you know, maybe someday we'll have enough grant money that we could set up and pay for people on a regular basis to go in and teach classes either in hospitals or community centers Certainly places where people who can't afford their social economic background is such that does not allow them the ability to afford to pay even $10 for one class a week. Let's offer it for free. Let's see what we can get happening and let's see the many positive benefits being 
given to those who can't afford it. Let them talk about it and help us grow. Well, when you say someday, I feel like that someday is going to be sooner than someday. I'm hoping, you know, if we're talking about the program that we're going to be starting at St. Vincent's Hospital, will be a pilot program of such. So the doctors and the physical therapists in the hospital will be involved with the program. It will be set up at two to three times a week. That has not been finalized yet. And we'll be doing beginning measurements as well as intermediate measurements and final measurements of these people, meaning discussion about, you know, how they feel, um, how this has affected their pain, have we noticed anything in their strength and flexibility? These things will all be measured. And what we'd like to do is gather these statistics and with the assistance of the hospital and the doctors there and the staff, put them together and then take them here in the state of New Mexico to the health department and show them what's possible so that perhaps we can then begin to get some funding through Medicaid to help continue this program uh, on a regular basis. And what's one of the big concerns that we've already discussed with the hospital is the fact that, you know, this will all be wonderful and great for the 12 weeks that we have the program going on. But if we can't get these people to stay exercising after the program is over, then that's where we're going to fall short. So what we'll do is we'll be providing all of the participants with some mats and some basic video information that they can actually download from our website. We will upload it there and then provide them with a little bit of information they can take home, like a little booklet that they could use at home for them to stay active. So, I mean, that's going to be the key with these programs. It's also, you know, the key with any health and fitness program is, are you adhering to your program and regularly going and exercising? Have you thought about also teaching and working with the doctors and nurses, giving them Pilates? Yes. (laughs) That was a funny conversation I had at New Year's Eve at a, excuse me, New Year's Day at a gathering with one of the administrators at the hospital. And I said, you know, since you all are in the health profession, it would be really great if the doctors and the nurses and the technicians might have access to this kind of fitness Uh, exposure. And um, she agreed, and they're going to look into doing both. So let's see. Let's see what happens. I think that's many of us in this business, when we go to doctors and healthcare providers, I know I'm certainly amazed at how... Out of shape? Out of shape. (laughs) (laughs) Under uh, under or really overnourished in many cases, (laughs) these folks are. And I find it a little shocking and difficult to take advice from someone who doesn't look like they should be offering that advice, perhaps without, you know, being involved in activities themselves. And why not? It's a why not per- get them involved? Yes, a perfect opportunity for them. Right. Exactly. Kevin, we don't have so much time left, but I wanted you to backtrack a little bit and talk about the Pilates Method Alliance, the PMA. Mm-hmm. Sort of briefly tell us, how did that come about? It started when we were still in the lawsuit phase, and we weren't sure if the trademark was going to be broken. And that's kind of when it got birthed. And then 
in, in 2000, when the lawsuit was broken, we ended up, Colleen Glenn and myself, going for the big party that was in New York to celebrate that the trademark was broken. And the PMA was birthed out of that, out of the necessity to, we felt strongly about, organize a community. Who's and, we? Uh, Who myself we? and Colleen Glenn. Just the two of Colleen you. Colleen Glenn and me. The two of us were, co- were co-founders of the organization. And I took it upon myself to start to travel around the country and hold small meetings on a grassroots level to make the organization happen. And we started with a meeting in Miami Beach in May of 2001. And then it morphed from there and became from 75 people. Then the PMA is what it is today. What is it today? It's a it's a not-for-profit professional association and credentialing body. During my tenure there, we did develop and establish the first national certification exam for the Pilates method. That was something that we knew that Joe wanted to have legitimacy for the work that he had done for all of those years. And we know when he worked with Eve Gentry in the 50s and rehabbed her from her breast cancer and her radical mastectomy that that was brought to the attention of a number of doctors in New York, and they were very interested in Joe's methods. But when they asked what his credentials were, there were none, and they kind of mixed the program that they were wanting to put into the hospital for rehab. And Unbelievable. you know, it was yeah, it was birthed from that. And you know, now there is a, a new credential that the PMA changed the designation to nationally certified Pilates teacher. And that credential is accredited through the National Organization for Competency Assurance and ICE. ICE is its acronym for its body. I'm probably getting those wrong for certification body. But there's a lot of processes that any national certification exam that is created for self-regulation in a field has to go through guarantee that the exam was created in uh, unbiased and correct uh, procedure. That's the PMA's exam now, which is NCPT. Kevin, you are most definitely coming back, okay? Okay, well, that's, that's great. I look forward to that. Thank you. I'm not bossy at all. Thank you so much for your time. You have so much knowledge, and I know that we didn't really get a chance to talk about the prime mail, which I think is fascinating just for the men out there. If, if anyone wants to reach you right now, how do they go about that? You can uh, either go to my website, kevinabowen.com, or you can send me an email at kevin at coredynamicspilates.com. That's uh, the website for the Gentry Lineage of Pilates Teacher Training. Either way. And you can get a hold of me. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you, Kevin. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Darian. Okay. okay. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. If you'd like to reach out to me and learn more about traditional Pilates, you can visit dariangold.com. January is, as you know, the perfect month to do any resets. Please take some time to figure out what you want to do different, better, more efficient. And please don't forget to lift your head, lift your spine, because they will lift your spirit. Have a fantastic week, everybody.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope it inspired you. In order that you don't miss any of the great conversations, please subscribe as it will also help others find the show. All Things Pilates is produced and hosted by me, Darian Gold. It originates as a live radio show on KPCA in Petaluma, California. Podcast production is provided by Audio Ephemera. Our theme music is Summer Sidewalk by Audio Nautics. For more information about my classes, my calendar, Pilates resources, please visit dariangold.com. One more thing I wanted to share with you. When you travel or you can't get to your Pilates studio, I recommend downloading for your mobile device Studio Darian Pilates or Studio Darian Advanced Pilates. Both are available on the App Store or Google Play. Until next time, navel to spine.